Hello, you're listening to Ghostlight Podcast, Season 1, Episode 6, Playing the Swan. As I said at the uh, at the intro before the music, this is uh, season one, episode six, playing the Swan. Uh, I'm your host, Paul Mackey, and I have with me my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello. Ben Pfeiffer. Hello. And Amy Bowen. Hello. All right, and I'm She's going done to like a Three Stooges thing. Like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and then we're gonna swing the alphabet. <laughs> B A B B B. Okay, sorry. <laughs> You don't know swinging the alphabet by the Sweet Stooges? I most certainly do not. Oh, all right, then. All right. I'm going to do the uh, the uh, summary. This will be our last summary off of, that is uh, prefabricated, and then I think we're going to attempt the uh, 60 second for a while. And we may decide to find some new summaries after that. Who knows? But this, this episode, here is what it has on IMDb. It's opening night for Hamlet, and though Jack has shown promise, insidious words from Richard send him running. Ellen and Jeffrey finally talk about the breakdown uh, and the events leading up to it, and if they can find their star, the show must go on. There were no typos in that one. I stumbled, but there were no You know, um, on Amazon, I think each episode has a description. Oh, okay. FYI, I could uh, send them all to you Ah, for season two. That might be nice. All right, are we are we are we leaning away from the sixty second Oh, I'm totally down with the sixty second. Yeah. I can I think totally that would do be it. Fun. I think mm. it would be fun. Yeah. I, All right, game on. I, I, I mean the the DVD set that I have has a description for each episode too. But uh, right, which is probably what the Amazon ones are. Okay, well, no, I I'm all for uh, yeah sixty seconds. All right. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and do it. Why not? <laughs> okay, I'll have an example for that. For our, um, we'll we'll start that in season two. I'll take an example. I get permission from either the Ramjack or the Intro to X folks, and we'll uh, play what it's supposed to sound like. And then I will the, for the, for episode one, I'll try to do one myself. Uh, when I did one for Intro to X, it was like two and a half minutes long for sixty seconds. <laughs> it sounds like you. Yeah. You should get Alex to watch episode one of season two. And yeah. have him do the sixty-second thing. Oh, that would be pretty awesome. Is he good at it? He's no, he's, he's horrible at it. Oh, okay. It depends. Sometimes he he may have gotten better since I I haven't listened to an episode of Ramjack in a little while, but he was just god awful for a long time. The last couple episodes I heard it was it was really between the two of them as to who got closest to a minute without going over or under. It was actually right. like fifty-seven and fifty-nine one time. Oh, well, they they they're pros at it now. Yeah, I guess. Okay, shall we recap this episode? Let's recap it. This is the season finale for season one. And we open on... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Series. Series one, right? Series one, if you're working from the British angle. But I believe in Canada it is season season one still. Oh, okay. Canada and Canada. They're kind of hybridized between British and American and French and whatnot. They spell things funny. (laughs) You in color. They have great honor. Anyways... So we open season on six. <laughs> yeah, episode six, season one. Episode six of season one, the finale. Open on Maria, and she's waiting for Jack to answer his phone with no answer. So the whole cast, as they're getting fairly used to this season, apparently, uh, this, this uh, show apparently is uh, released. And they're supposed to wait near their phones. Uh, when uh, they get back to the office, Anna tells Ellen to wait for a few minutes because he's talking to. Someone and that someone is summoned when, or is attempted to be summoned when Jeffrey hollers for Oliver. Have anything to say about the open? <laughs> this is the cold open before the credits. This is the credits. Yes. 
I yes. do. Okay. I do. Now, so now both Anna and Ellen know that Jeffrey still talks to Oliver. Well, Ellen already knew that. They already talked about that. But now Anna knows about it, too. I think both of them probably think he's either still insane or he's going insane again. Maybe not Ellen. I don't know. But Anna, I'm pretty sure. She must think he's losing his mind. I don't know if she knows that he's actually talking to to Oliver. I think that... uh... Anna just thinks that he's losing his mind or well, never regained it. Yes, well, now that he's bellowing for Oliver, she might be clearer on the well, voices. Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. It's, it does seem uh, there's a, a time later on in the episode where Ellen, or, yeah, Ellen direct, reacts directly to uh, talk of Oliver and says, well, let's just not, let's table that for right now, basically, she says, because <laughs> I can't deal with that too right now. Right. All right, so um, after the cold open and the credits, uh, Kate is looking for Jack at his apartment, and the apartment manager apparently doesn't think much of guys, because she thinks he's either going to be dead on the floor, and once she sees his stuff is packed, she says, it's probably another woman. That was kind of weird. Yep. Sure sounded like she was speaking from experience. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely from experience on finding tenants dead on the floor, but also probably from what the men do. <laughs> Those men. Mm-hmm. Capital M men, all of them. Yeah, disgusting, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There, there. All right. Okay. Uh, so Oliver and Jeffrey are working on puzzling out what happened, and it, you know, there's some debate as to whether the show was too much. But you know, Jeffrey was pretty clear Jack was getting a handle on it, so he didn't think that was it. Um, and they're interrupted by Ellen, and uh, and they, you know, Ellen talks about the uh, the, the same thing really, and then. Um, I think actually this is the scene where where he says that's what Oliver said, and she said let's not talk about that right now. Right, mm-hmm. and we uh, discussed this earlier. She saw him right at one point. She believes she, she did. I, I don't know whether she was just talking the way mm-hmm. that uh, I mean. She we, said it in passing, though we yeah. didn't see it. We didn't see it happen on screen, okay. so we don't know for sure whether she's being supportive and just saying, you know, sometimes I think I see him out of the corner of my eye because I'm grieving, and you know, right, right. I mean, that's that's something that that a lot of people have said without really quite literally meaning it mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. saying i thought i saw for a second and then turned and it wasn't that sort of thing mm-hmm. but she might have meant it she might have meant it i can't tell yes. i couldn't quite tell i have a whole bunch of notes from this scene they're mostly about the conversation between jeffrey and oliver before ellen comes in i was surprised that jeffrey says to oliver you broke me this is news to me that Jeffrey apparently holds Oliver at least partially responsible for his original mental break, and I'm inferring that Jeffrey thinks that history is repeating itself. When Oliver was directing Hamlet and Jeffrey was playing the title role, Jeffrey broke down. Now Jeffrey is the one directing, and apparently Jack is kind of breaking down or something. Possibly. And I, mean, then, I, I, believe, I believe partially, though. I mean, it's, it's clear there was a lot more going on with the, the relationship, the, uh, the triangle of the first Hamlet. That's right. Yeah, there was... Their, their circumstances were very different. And I believe it I was... I also noticed... Oh, sir. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I think, it, you know, I, I think to a large extent the madness was stemming from that relationship issue and not so much the show. Yes, exactly. That is true. The rule, I observed, continues to hold. The second anyone besides Jeffrey enters the room, Oliver abruptly vanishes. And this scene made me remember something that Oliver said to Jeffrey during the conversation they have in jail in episode four. 
resolve your feelings for Ellen and everything else will fall into place. It looks like Jeffrey's actually taking a step in that direction by telling Ellen that he'd had a broken heart over her affair with Oliver and that was why he was breaking down. Yes. Yes, they do start to they do start to discuss his breakdown in this uh this scene and then in the next it moves along further. Mhm. All right. Uh so next, uh Holly and Richard talk about Jack which uh, Holly finds delightful. But then Richard confronts Holly about May. Well, first off, before that, Richard says that Jack has no understudy. Why Why wouldn't he have an understudy? That does... I found that, I mean, obviously to make the plot go forward. But, I mean, under normal circumstances, there's you're putting always. on Hamlet, there's at, at least an understudy for the title role, right? Always. Yeah. 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 That, that, was, that was purely for, for the show. Yeah, even in, right. in high school, you have an understudy for the main... And plus, I mean, considering that it's Hamlet, I mean, um, you know, that you could go with the excuse that they've, been, they've had so many delays in rehearsal that there wasn't time, sort of. But that's not even true, because with this being Hamlet, you've got a whole mess of hungry actors that are like, I can do that. Right. If you get me in there, I can do that. Well, the the, the old guys, if they had to step in, if they, they had probably to. could have done it because they probably did it when they were younger. I mean, clearly so. when clearly when the uh, mm-hmm. the production was going on, when Jeffrey leapt into the grave, they 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 showed it finishing up with someone else in the in the role. Yeah. Right, right. in the middle of mid show. Mm-hmm. Right. There's there are there are literally yeah. dozens. If you're in a Shakespearean theater company, you've got dozens of hungry actors who didn't get cast for Hamlet that want wouldn't wanted to be. Right. And that probably know it somewhat backwards to forwards already themselves. Yeah. That's just something you get with young male actors that could be playing Hamlet. Yes. So, so then, then that mm-hmm. was completely... Yeah, I don't know. Um, contrived. Unbelievable or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a contrivance word. for this yeah. this show. I wouldn't do right. that. Uh, so Richard confronts Holly about May, and May swears that... Uh, or May... Holly swears that... Uh, she talked to May. May was fine, and then then May slipped into a coma. Yeah, you know, I like I like the fact that it seemed as though Richard was genuinely concerned about the performance. You know, this is this is the first time in a long time that he's seen genuinely concerned about anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that, but then it didn't take very long for that to go downhill. Yeah, well, he, he kind of got distracted because like he did he did launch into these. Uh, Accusations, and he was being very serious compared to compared to before. Right, right. But um, and we learned that May is alive. Yeah, May yeah. is alive in a coma. She didn't coma. die. She's not Still dead. not dead, despite the flatline. Flatline, yep. but flatline, but recovered to She's the point died of. Twice. I wonder if she talks to. She might Oliver be on a machine. When she dies in between. I wonder. Hmm. Be yeah, could be. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That would be interesting. Um. So, but uh, but after he starts to confront her, she decides to slap him around. Yeah. And, and he, uh, did, she, he didn't seem to mind too much either. She kind of slaps. Sl- she slaps him around until he's, you know, more agreeable, and then uh, then she asks for him to disrobe. Well, not go for it. Well, not well, di- well, not directly quote. Just in case. Just in case. Amy. Right. In my notes for this scene, I put I was so pleased to see Richard finally standing up to Holly and not just going along with everything she says and does. And going back to what you guys said, he he's, he is showing that he really does care about May. And uh, I got that maybe he does care at least a little bit about the artistic integrity of the festival. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Go ahead. Someone else wanted to interject? No, I just, I agree with you there entirely. Yep. Okay, thanks. And uh, throughout a lot of this until until... 
you know, she eventually finds him. We, we see scenes of Kate searching various places. I don't think any of them are a particular note other than she is you know, scouring the town for places they've been and looking for him there, those places. Right. Kate. Except that they are of note because they're the same places that Ellen and Jeffrey are visiting. I thought that was a really interesting parallel between them, and it's... Uh, cool and interesting method of well that part comes later yeah, yeah. of producing the episode right and it was like hmm this is really really a cool little set of parallels like yeah. i'm done so back at the office jeffrey and ellen are talking over the disappointment of what looks like a cancellation and how wonderful it would have been to uh yeah, how much they were looking forward to doing this show um and ellen presses him further about his breakdown so they uh, commence a uh, a tour of the sites of the uh, the sites of the notable events of the break breakdown. Basically, they they embark from the office at the end of this scene. And after more of Kate looking around town, then Anna goes and talks to a bloody-lipped Richard about Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I liked this scene; it was pretty good. It was funny. Anna Anna's awesome. She doesn't. She, she she looks like she's you know on the verge of being overly flustered all the time, but she doesn't quite get to overly flustered. Just flustered. Yeah, and you can tell she totally wants to say something, but she just she's it's her job to keep it all in, and she does a good job of keeping it all in. Mm-hmm. She's funny. And then at the main stage, Jeffrey and Ellen look at the very moment, examine the very moment that things changed for Jeffrey. The yep. moment where and this scene for the first time I for the first time I got that we were seeing Jeffrey's mind's eye vision right away. That was of course because he was narrating these past events to Ellen. Uh, something that stuck out to me for this scene was that Jeffrey narrating these past events comments that the actress who was playing Gertrude in that production had the flu, poor thing. Anyone, especially you, Paul and Darcy, care to relate personal experiences or of somebody who was sick and performed anyway? Um, before you, I have been there, done that, not in a stage play, but in a band concert. Yeah. Which was hard. not fun. Yeah. I certainly know of uh, quite a few uh, hungover crew members trying to perform their duties. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Here and there. There's that. There's the time that... Uh, the next show after open. <laughs> yeah. And well, like, when I was in high school, I think it was... Yeah, it was high school. The performance of uh, South Pacific. I know I was I was real sick. I shouldn't have been Just there at all. sick, though. Yeah, I had... Uh, well, it was lung. You know, oh, okay. I had yeah, the yeah. asthma thing. And I, I, you know, I was backstage with the vaporizer, just trying to get to the next thing. And then I had this huge, huge, big tap dance number, my solo, my big number. And man, I just remember after that, I just wanted, I, I think I actually did. I was like, I'm going home, but <laughs> it's just so, so sick. But you know, it, it happens and people try to get through it the best they can. Um, also the... Uh, <laughs> With the uh, the Sesame Street Live, once we got the costume back from Grover when he had vomited in his head, that was nice. Oh, gross! Yeah, that was pretty nasty. It, I mean, it happens, and it's yeah. not. It's not. It wasn't his fault. He just, you know, it he, wasn't. No, it wasn't. He wasn't like he was drunk. It wasn't drunk barf. It was just. Like, no. He was just sick, and he was out doing his job, and he was yeah. dancing around on stage inside a inside a Grover. A big hot. I mean, a big hot fur costume. You know, you already don't feel well. You really aren't gonna have a whole lot of control and he just he couldn't usually they they, when they do that they try not to buckle their helmets but he buckled his helmet and he he just couldn't get it off fast enough so right what you gonna do poor guy we we built him a new head we didn't clean that one that was we we decided (laughs) that was done so 
probably a, a Joyce. Yeah. Yes, poor guy. indeed. So. Quite the anecdote. Sorry. There's the, there's there's other weird ones that were I, I don't know if anybody wants to know about that one so but the uh, um, mm. <laughs> I, you can't we, say we the did, phrase we did I I'm trying to think of how to put this a nice way I don't think there's a nice way we had a cast um, that 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 were uh, apparently very close because we had a breakout of uh, crab lice oh, hey. throughout the cast Ew. and you know it's pretty evident who was <laughs> who was close to whom and. Yeah, that was Gross. not that was nasty. So, but you know, the the good thing about that is, you know, we just put the things in a really really hot dryer. And there you go. Washed them up and sent them back. But still, it was like, who wants to treat this one? Nope. <laughs> but I mean, things happen. So there you go. We digress. Yes, a bit. Sorry. Gross. I went places I wasn't expecting. <laughs> uh, well, you know, once. <laughs> been around the block? I don't know how to put it. All right. Gross. It was gross. That cast has been around the block. They, they <laughs> had been around the block, you know? Who who would think that Elmo and Grover? Who Elmo would think and Grover. that? You Elmo know? and Grover wouldn't necessarily. Elmo and Grover, you wouldn't think that. I've you heard know? things about Elmo. Bert and Ernie, people thought oh, that all the time. Oh, God. But, yeah. Well, well, let me ask you this. Is Elmo a boy or a girl? <laughs> Elmo's always played by a girl. Five, five, no, two I mean, or I mean, under. No, I mean the actual monsters. It's supposed oh, the monsters to be. Oh, are he's here. supposed to be a boy, but it's always in the Sesame Street Live, it's always a girl because there's Shorter not many stature. boys okay. under five foot two. So, And then Grover's usually a taller, um, well, actually, it's usually a smaller male because of the, the it got to be really skinny. Can't mm-hmm. have the hips. So... Oh, yeah. Got, yeah, so, you know, it, it, it depends. They, they actually get cast on their body type, not necessarily their ability to be Elmo or be yeah, it's all Grover. Physical. It's all physical. And they have to be able to dance. And yeah, they have the to dance too. and move in time to the scripted pre-playing audio. That they can't even really hear. Just so. like Hamlet. Yeah. Just like Hamlet. Okay, back to Hamlet. Yes, sorry. <laughs> well, back to the show anyway. Uh, Jeffrey and Ellen... Look at um, Yong's, where Jeffrey had a fight following the show. <laughs> I I have a comment on this scene. Mm-hmm. I I apologize if I'm stealing someone's quote, but I noted that during this scene where Jeffrey describes his adventure at Yong's, he says, quote, Yes, I was in costume, but really, this whole town is filled with Shakespearean kitsch. It's like living in a gift shop. You'd think they'd be used to it by now. I really like um, that. I like that parallel. I yeah, did. me too. <laughs> yep, I love that too. That was a good bit of writing. Mm-hmm. Hey, I guess we get a little bit more of Kate looking around town. And then Jeffrey and Ellen are at Ellen's house, where Jeffrey had gone with a knife to confront Oliver at best, or stab him at worst, and maybe Ellen too. It was a prop knife, though. Uh, I think they said that. Or did they say that? They I did not. Remember. It was a prop sword for the oh. fencing, but I think they just said it was a knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. But uh, who knows? They're very dramatic people, those them. people. Very yeah, these scenes <laughs> were very dramatic. A yeah. little bit too yeah. dramatic. It was a little <laughs> melodramatic. You're right. Yeah. I was yeah. kind of like, all right. Was, I rolled my eyes. I was really amazed. I mean, I understand they're trying to and wrap I it up. I wrote down, yeah, I'm sure. I wrote down, wow, Ellen really was heartbroken when Jeffrey ran away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and disappeared. Yeah, and while he was hanging around outside watching, uh, watching Oliver try to, try to settle her down a little bit, um, she spotted him, and he ran off before, before anything, any you know, interaction, really. Yeah, I liked that bit of dialogue. Oh, you saw me there? Yeah, I did. Neither one of them knew that. Or Jeffrey didn't realize he'd seen her, apparently. That was 
it was good that they'd finally talked about what happened. Yes, the next scene, uh, Jack is at the lake and Kate finds him there. Uh, Jack reveals the, the cause of the trouble, uh, talking to Richard, and says that he's tried to leave town three times, but just ends up riding around in a cab. You know what? Like, I didn't really notice that, um, uh, damn, I forget what Rachel McAdams' character's name is. Kate. Kate. I didn't really notice that she was going to the same places that Jeffrey and Anna, not Anna, Jeffrey went to. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was offset. I mean, it wasn't, they weren't at the same place at the same time quite. But what I recognize is that those were all places that Jack and Kate had been to before. Yes. On their on their various dates or whatever, yeah. So there's like a three part mm-hmm. connection going on there. Yeah, you're right. Not, because because they go to the the lake is like the last mm-hmm. place where not only is Jeffrey and um, Ellen there, but they're there. Plus, they had a romantic date there earlier. Plus, Jeffrey had an encounter with a waterfowl there earlier. <laughs> So like everything was leading up to meeting right there, uh, and like I said, I didn't I didn't realize that um, that Kate was following the path of Jeffrey and Ellen as well until Amy said something earlier. Uh, but I did notice that she was going to all the places that her and Jack had had dates on before. So it's kind of cool. Yes, did, you, did you like when she when she went past the movie theater where they watched his movie that they went uh-huh. past the poster and the poster said "Time is running out." <laughs> yeah, something. Like, yeah. Well, I picked yeah. up the very first thing after very she clever. went to uh, the apartment where they had sex together. Then she went to the very first place that they like, not the first place they met because yeah. they met on the bus, but the place where they the bumped into each other when they were stoned. Yes. Right. And then the restaurant where they dated, where they ate and found out about the fencing fight. And yep. Mm-hmm. I think that was Young's, wasn't it? Or was it a breakfast joint? I can't remember now. I, it was, it was the, they did go to the yeah, Chinese sure. place at some point. Yeah. I don't know when. No. Okay then. Uh, Jeffrey and Ellen are also at the lake, where Jeffrey had gotten arrested for molesting the local wildlife. Molest. Which sounds worse <laughs> than it is. But. Yeah, I don't know if I want to bring this up now, but um, there's a lot of references to swans in this episode, besides the title of the episode. Yeah, I was going to actually mention that I didn't find any specific reference to He's what playing the, the swan might mean. Or throttling a swan, or riding in a swan, or yeah. swans eating cremated remains. Yeah, and swan then the, and the, song. Yeah, I mean, and there was that quote at the end that, that is from, uh, well, I'll get to that. It's from King John. <laughs> it's from King John, but uh, in right. any case, I, I, I suspect that, you know, I really, I really don't, I really wasn't able to figure out the, uh, the playing, what exactly playing the swan meant out of everything, but. Uh, well, did, when yeah. the playing the swan, isn't that like Swan Lake? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Swan Lake is the only kind of swan thing that I could think of, that or Black Swan or, or Swan Song, because it's the last episode of the. Uh, right, there's that, as well as <laughs> they go into the long, uh, mm-hmm. the speech from King John. Ja- King John. Yep. So that's. Yeah, so I mean, I which I didn't even realize that had anything to do with anything until Paul said something just now. So, anyways, I could tell it was from some Shakespeare play, but I didn't know which one. So, thank well, I, you. I went forth and found it. So, <laughs> um, and then Ellen reveals her suicide attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Well, she was pretty serious about it, apparently, but uh, she didn't really know the uh, the depths she was working in. <laughs> The depths, the depths of mm-hmm. that, yes, that was pretty funny. 
Uh, so they end up deciding to go ride a swan boat. Oh, you forgot that Basil was there mm-hmm. and he didn't... Oh, yeah, Basil was at the uh, suicide attempt yeah. on screen. Oh, yeah. I like that. And he didn't say anything bad about her. Maybe he has a secret crush on her. Mm. Well, I think that he is... He, he could recognize that that part of it didn't need to be... I suppose. I mean, that's... You know, someone's suicide attempt or someone who's that low, you don't... That's... Even for a reporter or whatever, a gossip columnist or whatever he's supposed to be, that's... A little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, clearly. A little too far, yeah, exactly. Television host, gossip columnist, theater critic. It's a small town, apparently. It is a small town. All around good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got go. a, lot of, a lot of hats. <laughs> only so many people yeah. can be that cynical, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at this point, when Jack and Kate are talking in this scene, they're they're working toward Jack doing the show. I mean, it sounds like he's you know even even though despite all of the the bad feelings and everything, he's definitely working his way toward I have to do the show for my own sake, for everybody yeah. else's sake, for I, there, all the reasons. Mm-hmm. In this scene, it's so cool. Kate says, "You're afraid to do it, but you know you have to do it. And if you don't, you won't be able to live with yourself." We all know that sums up both Jack's feelings about playing Hannah Hamlet and Hamlet's feelings about having to kill Claudius. So yep. great, huh. more great writing and great Shakespearean references. Yeah, yeah I is, did not know that, but now I do. Yeah, well, which is exactly which, you know, which is exactly what she says. I think you can use that on stage because mm. it's all emotions that are mm. that are similar to the yeah, emotions. that's right. Yeah, there are a lot of little. Um, Easter eggs that go what way Jackie over my head. What is actually feeling right now. Mm-hmm. I like that too. That's pretty yeah. Cool. Uh, and then at the end of the scene, she, uh, she he, he asks her how she found him. Does anybody have that as a quote? Because I think it's really interesting. I couldn't figure it out. Which one? This is the one where she, where where he says, "How did you find me?" And she says, "I met you on a bus. Remember?" Yeah, that made no <laughs> sense to me. I'm like, huh? What? You're by the river. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the bus, does it? Yeah. I think maybe she meant that... No. I, no. Yeah, I was going to say that she went to all the places that they had been before. I don't understand why the bus thing, though. That makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's I, one of the places that they had been together before, but that's kind of reaching. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was yeah. a lot. Uh, but did, did My the... best... Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Sorry. My best guess is what she's trying to say is I ran into you by chance before. I figured I could do it again. That's my best guess. It doesn't yeah, make too much sense. That but works okay. for me. That, that could work. Makes more sense than I met you on a bus. <laughs> there <laughs> <Yes>. you go. <laughs> that was weird. And Agreed. then for a, for a scene transition, they look out on the lake or out on the river and see a swan boat. And on that very swan boat, Ellen sees them. And she and Jeffrey decide it would be best if they just hide. <laughs> Which is funny. Have you have you ever been in a situation where it's like where I've been hiding you're like, a no, swan you're like boat? Dry, no, not a swan boat. I don't even I've know if you've Bo- been on a swan boat. When I was in Boston, they weren't on the were not on the on the common yet. I know, but that was, was winter. Okay, we know. But in any rate, like if you're like driving in your car or something, mm. and you just like, oh god, I don't want this person to. See. You ever done that? Um, no. Really? Probably not. Oh, okay. Darcy's got something to hide. Well, my mom's dead, so you know, was, I just didn't want her to see me. That's all. Not like she wouldn't see my car and know it was my car, but you know. Yeah, my current in my in our current car, it's a little bit hard. <laughs> that it's a little bit hard. Is, to, no one, oh no one will know it's me if I duck down. <laughs> that car is a monstrosity. <laughs> I'll explain. We call it the box elder bug. It's a uh, fairground model um, 
Scion XB, and by fairground model, I mean it has orange, black, and silver graphics all over it that say Scion and the Scion logo and Scion.com. And we got yeah. a really good deal. It was only had 8,000 oh miles on goodness. it. I couldn't say no. So Right. No, no. It's a good car. Yep. Very reliable. Yeah. Looks horrible. Very it's a embarrassing. Great deal. Well, a lot of teenage boys point. And, it's well, and little boys. Little boys point too, but teenage boys. Every time Fox sees it, he just points at it. Well, no, he's in it. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. He's like, yeah, this is my car. It's my race car. He calls it his race car. Yeah, I think yeah. I think he's uh, you know he's uh, seven. So I yeah. think he's he's still at the point where he's like, hey, everybody, check out the really cool car with all the graphics I have. If he was <laughs> if he was fourteen, I think it would be more like, Dad, oh, can God. we get the graphics off this car? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I give him some baby oil to help him get busy. Yeah, rub that off now. Is that what takes it off? Yeah. Mineral yeah actually, oil? You, you pull it up, you got to get the adhesive off with mineral oil. Huh. We have to buy a couple gallons of it when we get no, out of No, no kidding. It's a full wrap. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay. Um, we digress. Ellen and Jeffrey hiding in the swan boat. Ellen talks about how she thinks about quitting the game, the whole, uh, the whole uh, acting experience, but doesn't. Because she doesn't know what else to do. Yeah, she because says. she, well, she, I mean, she, she does admit to being an attention seeker. Right. And, uh, you know... Playing to her public, and, you know, she she wonders if she could uh, she could instead be like a baker or something. Yeah, you know, I'm actually starting, and this is the first episode where I even had like an ounce of empathy. Well, she's being for normal. Ellen. She is. She's being a person. And she even mm, she even says something. I hope this isn't going to be a quote that I steal, but she says um, Georgia had to stay up all night cleaning my costume. It's not funny. And I was like. Oh, she she does care, you know, but not all of the time. I, I don't understand why she is well, it a persona that she feels. She I has think to she's be? letting some walls down when she's talking to Jeffrey now because they're both letting some walls down and talking directly through everything that happened and mm-hmm. speaking honestly. So I think the the, the diva wall is down. But I noticed that it seems to. I mean, she, he seems to have broken that wall down because even in the performance. Yeah. And after the performance, the diva wall seems to have been gone. Right. For this episode. So, I don't know. Maybe she built the diva wall up after that? I don't Probably, know. Probably, yeah. But, it, like I said, this is the first first episode where I even like liked her a little bit. And, oh, there you go. Yeah, no, I'm still not a fan. Yeah, you don't have to be, but... <laughs> but, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. They're definitely softening the character in this episode. Right. right. Well, she's got a long way to go if she wants to win me back. Yeah, she's she was pretty horrible, so uh-huh. I do agree with that. So. <laughs> uh, this scene pretty much ends with them uh, deciding it's time to talk to Jack. Um, the, their, their, their boat is called in, and they meet up with Jack and Kate at the shore. Yeah, I thought that was cute. They went, aw, yeah. yay, they found each other. And I know I took good notes, but for some reason it feels jar- jarring to me that they didn't have more conversation there, but it, it really is pretty much straight into opening night now. Yeah. From that, from them um, meeting. Well, they only had like two more hours before, you know, the seven o'clock or whatever. Right, yes. they had to go get dressed, put on makeup, and get busy. It's not like It was time really... to put on makeup it's and time, time to, to light dress, the lights. Dress up. And time. Time the lights. Out the Muppets. The oh, lights. Oh. <laughs> There's lots of lots of Muppet uh, references this yeah. evening. That and crab lice. I, I actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, not lots of crab lice. Just oh, lots of crab lice. <laughs> hey, uh, a few is enough. <laughs> it only takes two, you know. Yeah, right. That's enough. <laughs> it only takes two. <laughs> uh, so it is opening night. Uh, Sloan has captured himself an inflatable seat bait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
lovey. Sloan it's his is lovey. not around for the next season. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's probably on his way out. Yeah, I think so. I think as he walked in late. It, well, we'll talk about it. But. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Claire is attending on crutches, and Holly is buttering up the minister of culture, and almost knocks Claire over. I like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, the minister mm-hmm. of culture's <laughs> husband, in a callback to the opening episode, is immediately the bar. <laughs> And another callback to it. Um, she she replies. The Chardonnay. Stick with the Chardonnay. Stick with the Chardonnay. Yep. Stick to the Chardonnay. <laughs> Sorry if that was a quote. They must. It was. No, that's okay. I was planning to comment on that too. I, I that I absolutely cracked up laughing yep. at the stick to the Chardonnay reference. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So that's a, a few little a few little scenes there. Um, Jeffrey is uh, in the dressing room giving Jack some notes, and he's talking about. Uh, oh no, sorry, I, I, I skipped. I skipped a paragraph. Uh, Jeffrey and Jack are talking over the things that Richard said, and uh, then they then at the end of at the end of that little bit of a scene, that's when uh, Jeffrey says, "Let's try to do some notes." Um, Richard is going backstage, and he's finding that his. Uh, his reception is a little bit on the uh, icy side. Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody's nobody's a, a fan of him at the moment. The cast is a, well. Everyone knows that he uh, that he pretty almost much fucked up everything. Right, break your own leg, saboteur. Break your own leg, saboteur, and Quizzling. And uh, did you recognize the word Quizzling? <laughs> I, I no. didn't. I didn't know what that meant until you yep, told me. Yep, it's a Shakespearean insult. Uh, no, it is not. Quizzling is from it World War. No, it's from World War Two. Um, there was a Norwegian name by the name of oh. Quisling who assisted Nazi, Nazi yeah. Germany right. while they were capturing his country so that he could be oh. a collaborator and be high in the ruling party of, uh, of the occupied um, Norway. And oh, so, I see. Okay. So it was used as a it was used as an expression for a traitor um, by a British newspaper by, well, by a British newspaper by the Times, the Times of London, who said uh, uh, in an editorial uh, on the yes, an ed- editorial on April nineteenth of nineteen forty, it was uh, called Quislings Everywhere, and it was talking specifically about him. But then they were also um, you know introducing it as a term for any kind of turncoat or traitor or someone who was collaborating with the Nazis. Hmm. I see. Okay, thank you so much for clearing that up. The- English uh, Benedict Arnold, right? Sort of. Well, uh, uh, mm. he, was, he was a Norwegian Norwegian Benedict Arnold. Oh, well, there you go. But to the English, I don't know. There he yes, is. their expression. Um, oh yeah. So uh, so now Jeffrey gives Jack the notes, tells him that you know, when in doubt, find your light, and Jack admits that he doesn't actually know what find your light even means. And Jeffrey's been telling. Neither him, did I. And Jeffrey's been telling him that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for anybody else mm-hmm. in the audience that doesn't know what it means, that it becomes clearly described at this point. Right. Yeah, including me. I did not know what it meant, never having been an onstage actor until Jeffrey explained it. And I thought, well, they don't usually have lights specifically for individual people on a movie set. I mean, that Jack would not know this because he'd never acted on the stage before. He'd only acted on movie sets. Yeah, I think that I think that movie sets tend to be a little bit more. But controlled. it was nice. It was nice to know that. I mean, there might be there there might be some movie sets where mm-hmm. where you do a lot and of blocking more, inside of a. For movies, you want the entire scene to be lit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want the entire scene to be lit, but you know, and they don't really have a block. You know, there there could be a scene where there's a lot of blocking inside of space, 
but generally speaking, they're you know when they're when they're working into here's your close up, here's your two shot, here's all the you know they're they're making sure that it's perfectly lit for that close up in the two shot and the and the various uh, framings. Yeah, I see. Okay. So it, it is possible that he doesn't really know. You know, I mean, it's a. Uh, it's a as as it happens kind of thing for a, for a stage actor. You know, you, you you have to sort of find your own light, basically. Mm-hmm. I see. Or your mark, or whatever. Because a lot of times they also just put a little little piece of glow tape on the stage, and you find it too. Sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what we do. In, that's huh? I didn't know that. That's what we do in marching band when we're rehearsing on our field. Uh, when in performance, you. You have to either look for your hash marks on the football field or your rel- your position relative to them. Right. But when you're first learning those positions, you use masking tape. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they use okay. glow, glow tape in the theater because a lot of times, you know, it's dark. The actors take their place, and mm-hmm. they have to find the exact right place on stage. Before the lights before are Before the lights are And then also before I you start see. your show, you have to have somebody go and charge with your flashlight. You charge all the glow tape. To make sure that all the marks are able to be seen. Yep. Weird, you charge it. That's weird. I mm-hmm. yeah, you just hold a flashlight next to it for cool. you know, a few seconds. And... Right. How yep. neat. That's behind the scenes stage stuff there. Yep. Um, Jeffrey breaks down the li- uh, yeah J- Jack's still kind of thrown by what Richard said and, and Jeffrey tries to calm him down and tells him that basically there are six major soliloquies and he says that all that Jack needs to do is nail those six soliloquies and the audience goes home happy it's true it's true he's right Jeffrey's right and you know Jack Jeffrey's trying to settle him down so he, you know Jack does point out there's a lot mm-hmm. of lines in between those six yeah. soliloquies and mm-hmm. Jeffrey says no it's filler don't worry about it you gotta hit these six <laughs> Yep. Uh, he has a good point. That would make or break the production for most of the audience, whether or not Hamlet got his six big soliloquies right on the money or, or not. Yeah, and I've got I've to confess, I don't... I didn't. I didn't really think of six. I, I, I can think of two or three usually when I think about Hamlet. I mean, it's obviously the uh, that first two two solid flesh and to be or not to be. And now I might do it, Pat. But the rest of the other three, I didn't really. Well, there's some of them are smaller and yeah. not as like you said. There's one that's only six lines. Twelve lines. Twelve lines. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Twelve. Twelve. Mm-hmm. And then um, we've got. Uh, it's just about time for the for the curtain, and uh, Nayum won't let Richard go back to his seat. Hey, yay! Yeah, I don't think it's really that big a deal, but uh, he's saying, you know, it's regulation. You, you can't go through here now. You have to go the other way. And that's not always true, you know. I mean, it, clearly the show had not started yet. He was just kind of putting him in his place. on him, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. But it, was, it actually turned out to be okay. a good plot device, too, because then Richard ended up backstage... Where he away was, from Holly. Away from Holly, where yeah. he was enlightened and enchanted Awake. by the theater. And we're about to talk about it, but when the play actually starts, some of the best acting is coming yes. from Mark McKinney. I it think. is. I agree with you. Yeah, because he's he's just reacting. He's not. Uh, he's not. Uh, right, and you watch his emotional wall slowly change or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. This sequence was just magical and beautiful and i can't wait for us to get continue into it and continue talking about it 
Oh, I have a question. Sure. You've been another one for you theater folks. Um, so we see that Jeffrey is standing around backstage giving Jack directions during the play. Is this normally the done thing, or is Jeffrey making a Jeffrey's, special exception? Yeah, Je- Jeffrey's really, really Jack. helping him along because he knows that Jack's been it's, thrown. Yeah. Now, that would be very... Um, okay. Uh, would be normal on a film set. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Agreed. Yeah, the director will tell you exactly yeah. what's going With, on. In between uh, takes, yes. would take the no, main right. actors no. aside yes. and give them notes and all It's actually in union, union contracts. You cannot, that director, the second they finish that last rehearsal, yeah. the show is no longer theirs. They have no more input. They can't even give notes at that point. So, yeah, union, so if they were full, you're done. Yeah, equity, equity mm-hmm. that would be a completely... Uh, <laughs> Forbidden. Yeah, and that means I, I'm sure that they're not union, but I imagine they have. They have some kind well, of union. They have something. I'm sure well, they, they have a union. But, well, it's not but the we same, said but. There yeah. Was, yeah. I, I think they have a That's right. Yeah, they must have a different rules in Canada because yeah. I, I am positive I remember somebody, might have been Darren, it was Darren I think, Darren. saying. That's right. Bloody unions. But it's not it's not IATSE. When, it's well, it's five o'clock. Bloody unions. Go home. Right. Yeah. So, okay. but. Um, yeah, so I mean, basically, it's uh, it, it is it is more like a it, it is interesting. I, did, I didn't think about it that way, Ben. That it is more like a like a film actor with, with a film. You're especially if you're shooting out a sequence, which is almost every time, right. almost always. Mm-hmm. You'll 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 need a little bit of a. I mean, so, at least a little. Okay, mm-hmm. now now we're now we're you know, especially if they're um, given them their motivation. Yeah, right. given their motivation, and if they're on if they're in a set that is used like six times throughout the movie, they change their clothes, they come back out, and he asks, and the director kind of at least gives them that little set setting of the scene, like okay, now we're now we're you know six months in the future, or this is earlier in the earlier in the uh, yeah X Y Z just yeah, happened. To just you, this is like what just happened. Before. Here's where we are. Right. Yeah. Or if you think yeah. of, even in terms with this show, like the flashback sequence, you can tell that they did all of that. In the same day, because mm-hmm. here's here's how I know is Jeffrey's hair is just a little shorter. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so huh. you can tell Good that they not. did that all I... at the beginning, and that you know. Is yeah, the rest I'm not. Of it. I'm not sure if the whole series shot. Uh, you know. If they shot all six episodes at once, but I definitely noticed that the uh, they were they were at least very consistent with their continuity in terms of the uh, actors who were on stage during this one and during season during episode uh, four. I put up that shot of uh, Jeffrey on stage for episode. Oh, I four thought when that I was from it. this episode. Yeah, no, that was that was know, the one. that's pretty cool. Yeah, the one in episode four was was in everybody was in full costume, whereas when they were talking about it here. There was no set. Mm-mm. It was just those actors in costume, and Jeffrey was in street clothes. Right. Mm. I'm sure I, they they either were very good with their continuity, exactly where people were blocked on that stage, or they shot it at the same time. They had to right. shoot at the same time because they wouldn't want to have to pay those people to come twice. Possibly. That's my thought. Mm-mm. For for that for them being those episodes being that close together, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know what the method for shooting this is. I mean, it's a it's kind of a you know, a four and a half hour movie of sorts, you know, it's right, broken almost. into six episodes, but uh, something like that. Right. Um, but anyways, back into the, the fictional world of the show. Um, yeah. Je- Jeffrey gives the last second notes right before the first soliloquy and, and uh, continues to do this as each, each one comes along. Uh, Kate is doing particularly well too. And, and Richard is really starting to, you know, as we said, the, as, as he's, uh, as we cut to him, as the scene, as the show progresses, he's, uh, He's definitely seeing what what the sh- what what's re- what this Shakespeare thing is really all about. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. What did he do and before? What the- uh, what's his name died before Oliver died? Like, I mean, did his role really change that much that he wasn't? 
I mean, I guess I guess this is the first time he's seen a production that's not the watered down Oliver gave up production. Yeah, so maybe that's what they were talking about. Yeah, and I mean, even with Oliver having given up, he was uh, he was such a uh, a strong personality that I think that it was really able to be a little bit more divided out, where Richard could just be the guy that was going out and getting the funding and talking right, not to the sponsors to and not really interacting with anybody because the art was all covered. It was the, the, the that major personality of megalomaniac is in charge of that part, and I'm not even you know as Richard Richard's not even connected to to having to deal with that because he's just off doing his fundraising. Right. And it becomes a little less segmented here, both because of Holly's e- efforts to make sure that he's, mm-hmm. you know, she she wants him to be completely in charge of it. So he's got to, he has to have a little bit more exposure to it here. And there's, and there's just not there aren't any walls up right now because there's it's that the, the the entire structure is is dissolved during the uh, the interim after Oliver's death. Right. Well, I did like that. Uh... Richard started to do his I saw chorus line when I was 16 bit again. Yes. Same thing as after seeing Mamma Mia, like just feeling the same kind of like refreshed and love for the theater. You know, he could get it out of Shakespeare, even though he hates Shakespeare, quote unquote. I don't know. But he, he, he doesn't. He doesn't hate Shakespeare. Obviously, yeah, obviously he doesn't. Now, he, he found, by watching this and not Oliver's watered down Shakespeare's, he found the spark. So, yes, good for him. He, he did. Good for him. Good for this show. That right. was a fantastic development for the season finale. Um, About, uh, Paul, earlier yeah. you mentioned Kate doing really well. I loved that Kate, wow, Kate both has a really pretty singing voice and really gets Ophelia way, way better than Claire did. Oh, I yeah. picked up on, um, at least as far as I perceived it, Kate is playing Ophelia exactly the way Jeffrey described it to Claire in the rehearsal scene earlier. And Claire just did not get um, Ophelia's madness really at all. But I think Kate gets it. Yeah, I think Kate that does get it. Was yep. really cool to see. Yeah, that I, I was getting getting up to that, and I noticed uh, that at that point, Claire, they you know they do cut to Claire in the audience, and she's like she's got her arms folded, and she really doesn't want to be reacting, but she also brushes a tear back at the same time. Yeah, she right. can't, can't control herself. It's sad. She's like I this is this is mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be doing, but. It's still sad, but okay. No, it's what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> but I don't think she was crying yeah. for herself. I think that she's no, no, she, she was moved. By yeah. She was moved. Yeah. She didn't want to be well, reluctantly moved. She's, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. I, absolutely. It wasn't that she was sad. She didn't get the exactly. Role. Yeah. No, that was clear. Um, Oliver arrives during soliloquy six, and then he reminds Jeffrey that there's something that's missing from the stage. Uh, now. Did Oliver arrive during a promise made to an old man? Right. Did he arrive? He did not show up, and because Jeffrey was too busy uh, to be thinking about Oliver, possibly. I mean, and if, so if if we yeah. go the it's all in his mind route, yeah, yeah, we could Good be. Good point. Good point. He got he got down to that last soliloquy. Yeah. Jeffrey was no longer you know pumping Jack for each um, each soliloquy, and now suddenly it's time to think. Oh wait a second! I forgot to place my prop. <laughs> yes. I've never done that, have I? <laughs> Do you remember it? I, I remember. Now, who was responsible for that? The 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 night dress that did not get. Well, you see, basically, normally on a regular. Okay, we're we're gonna tell this story because it's pretty amusing. Uh, this was a production of the Christmas Carol, and. Um, Properly, you know, the way the stage the stage is supposed to work, you have your crew, you have your props people, and you have your crew who are supposed to be setting everything and presetting it where it needs to go. And the actors are supposed to deal with their acting. But right. 
Scrooge. Oh, yes. We won't name Scrooge because he's, 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 he's passed on. He and, has uh, passed on, and he was he, he was, was a, a very, very nice, nice guy, guy, except for this was a <laughs> particular not so good mo- moment. Yeah. Um, so Scrooge, uh, you know, after after he's uh, after he's uh, this is post post seeing Marley, but before any other ghosts visit him, right? No, it's right before the Fezziwig dance. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's 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 early in the show. Basically, right. he goes he goes upstairs from his dinner. And he changes into his dressing gown out of his street, out of his clothes. Right, and this right. is this is done on a. We were doing a production. It was on a revolve where he turns away. They turn the revolve around, and then when he comes back, he's dressed. He's right? pulling on his, his dressing gown. Except for he insisted. I'm the one who has to place my dressing gown exactly the way I want it. You can't do it properly. I need to put it exactly where I want it. Except for if you don't do it. If you don't remember to do it, then suddenly it all breaks down. Yes, and especially when you're Scrooge and you don't. Leave stage again for another like seven scenes right so what happens is scrooge gets up there he's on the revolve he's time to change he's wearing basically long underwear it's the, the, it's long underwear it's long underwear it's somewhat period it was it was not part of the design <laughs> it was not but... part of the design he was, it was what he was wearing and uh he was forced to perform the next seven scenes in his underwear yes he's very loose and <laughs> And the whole time, you know, we're thinking, how can we get him off stage for a half a second and have on. somebody pull this on him? Yeah. And the whole time, we, you know, we couldn't, we could not do it. We were even, uh, we were like, okay, can we do a blackout where the ghost that falls into the grave comes in and I'll pop out of the grave in the blackout, pull it on him and have it be like, but there was like no, there was no way it was going to work. Right. No. It yeah. was. <laughs> so it was. It was. It was a bad experience uh, for, and the, for many. And the, but did you notice that their understage was so much like the no, understage? Maybe you never, yeah. Did you ever go? Oh, yeah, it was understage. Okay. Yeah, it was so much like that. Actually, uh, that was the only performance that Christmas Carol that I actually had to be under that stage. And there was uh, a place, and I was. I was a very small girl back in those days. And there was a place where you couldn't get through, yeah. but it, it was like maybe a nine-inch squeeze through. Yeah. And it was me and one other gal that the had actress. to get through there, the actress yeah. that was playing the ghost. And I remember one time I, I got my foot caught and I couldn't get it out, and it was it was just horrible. <laughs> and then there was also fog involved. Yeah, well, I was I was in the so, I was in the big revolve shooting the fog for that. Were, yeah, thanks thanks for the fog, Paul. Well, I wasn't I wasn't. <laughs> shooting that fog. I was shooting no. the fog that was in the big revolve. Yeah, it was crazy. So that was a very interesting production and a lot of things that could go wrong went wrong. And, and that was that particular episode was being adjudicated for a, for a uh, intercollegiate oh, that's review. that's right. That's right. I remember the adjudicator that, yeah. for the intercollegiate review said it was an interesting choice with Scrooge's costume in there. He, knowing full, I mean, you could tell that when he was talking about it, he knew full well that something had gone wrong, but he was... Oh, you had a little yeah. basil on your hand. A little yeah. basiling at us. Yeah, I forgot about that part, but yeah. Mm. That was a very interesting it, you know, watching this just took me right back to that day when we were. I, I, I'm not, I will spoil nothing, but I was going to tell you that there's there was another time later in the second season where I thought that story might come, but I allowed it to come here. Okay, okay. Well, maybe we'll quickly revisit it. We Perhaps. <laughs> maybe there's more to the story because remember, you no, were not see. panicking. Yeah, you'll see. No. Okay. You'll see. <laughs> that wasn't that story. That wasn't the same night. No? No. That was another... It was the same show. Same show. We, we made it through it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did not kill each other. It was good. We, we really need to find that tangent, Bill. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, the, uh, after after Jeffrey is reminded about the skull, uh, Kate does the madness scene, and Claire is reluctantly moved. Uh, Jeffrey gets the skull to the stage just in time, and uh, when he when he's in his office, the skull speaks to him instead of instead of Oliver in person speaks oh, to him. Oh yeah, he, he tries to tell he tries to talk to him about it, and Jeffrey says, "Well, we'll talk about this later." And then right at the very right when he places the skull, Oliver says goodbye to Jeffrey. Yeah, are oh. we going to see him again? When, Je- when I did not catch that, yes. I did, and it made me. He, he had this. He had the skull. The skull was changing it out for the prop skull, and and said, and he and Oliver says to him, "Goodbye, Jeffrey." Yeah. Hmm. And then he's not seen again uh-huh. the rest of the episode. You're right. And then also, the, before that, when he had the skull, the skull was talking, and I don't remember yeah. the skull talking before. No. Yeah. No, the skull wasn't talking before. No. This was the first time that it was the skull talking yeah. and not uh, and not Oliver weird. in person. And technically, that is Oliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That physically is Oliver. Exactly. Right. Weird. Interesting. Yeah, that went... I completely missed all of that. <laughs> and I mean, then, I recognized that the skull uh-huh. talked, but I didn't put any kind of significance to it. And then when uh, when Jack was on stage with the skull, did anybody see anything in particular about the skull that was amusing? Yes. <laughs> I did. You did, did you? Did you? Yeah. I saw it. Of course, uh, I saw it. There was an after eight mint in the mouth. Oh, good. Yes, you could see the corners of the after eight envelope sticking out of the teeth while Jack was performing with it. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I did see that. Mm-hmm. I have a yeah a few things about this. I was not completely unaware that the alas poor Yorick sequence was after all the major soliloquies and apparently very close to the end. And also about the whole skull skull thing and the goodbye. Jeffrey. Yes, I did catch that, and that makes sense. Having his skull used in the production of Hamlet was Oliver's last request, and obviously the play is a success. So it makes a kind of sense that now that both of those things have been accomplished, Oliver is able to, as we say, move on. That was how I interpreted what was going on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All of this just was what I think. I did not catch any of it. Well, yeah, you'd even said at one point, uh, can I help you move on? What do I have to do? Yeah, what has to happen? And I mean, it is, it is, it is common in ghost mythology to say that the ghost is here because they have unfinished business they weren't able to accomplish in life or something like that. And once, once Mm -hmm. something is set, you know, with the, uh, if you look at, uh, Supernatural, the television series. A lot of the time with Supernatural, they 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 work on figuring out what needs to be uh, settled for the ghost to move on. Right. Supernatural is the television mm-hmm. show with the possessed teddy bear that tried to kill itself. Hey, I'm staying unspoiled past Asylum. Oh, all right. Well, I've never ever seen that show, but I had a buddy show me one episode, yeah. and it fucked me up. Did yeah. It? No, it's yeah. It's it's a it's a series like that uh, that I was doing an introcast with Allie Jones. Um, she was the expert, and I was a newbie. Uh, called Idgitcast, and we yeah. got through. I think the I can't remember if it's the sixth episode or the eighth episode. And it's called Asylum. Yeah. And uh, we pod faded. Um, she ended up working on some uh, some mm-hmm. um, student student films and and uh, independent film productions. She oh, was a busy girl. She was very busy, and 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 so basically, that we pod faded at at episode yeah, six or eight of the first season. Well, it's such a big. It is a big show. show, big show, and, and well, I, so basically, never, yeah. so basically, I'm staying unspoiled past that episode, so that in the in the event that I can convince someone later on to bring her back up to to bring it bring it back on, I need to find a new expert, basically. And I've got a few a few people have talked to me about it. I won't name names just in case they weren't uh, serious. Yeah, but. 
But there are some other people from the IntroCast world who have expressed some interest, uh, one of them saying that they'd be interested in being the expert if they didn't have to do a darn thing other. So that sort of says to me I might approach them after we're done with, uh, with this show, which right, is right. still two. We're, we're still only a third in. Yeah, right. I guess so. Yeah, I know. Um, well, yes. I've only seen that one episode, which uh, <laughs> was very messed up. So that's all I'll say. Oh, yeah. yeah so, so, so a couple of times in the six episodes that I saw, they worked on figuring out what was unresolved and worked on resolving it and, and make, you know, therefore solving the problem. And, Depending. Right. I, watched, I watched some of that with you. I you enjoyed did. it. Um, so back to Hamlet. Uh, the show ends... Uh, to a standing ovation, and uh, I don't know if there was. Yeah. I don't know if those are dreadfully common in their theater. I know that see, it feels like these days. Well, people usually give up. opening night. At yeah. Least. Yeah. These times, I, these days, I've been to several things where I've been like, "Really? You're, you're yeah. Well, up? I mean, things don't always warrant. Yeah, I know. And they just get them out of like uh, obligation. I would say. Yeah, it felt yeah. It, it felt like in the past when I've been, you know, because I've gone to shows and you know, whether it be concerts or 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 plays right. for quite some time, and it feels like you know only more recently they've been uh, there been an audience that have been just like okay now we're gonna stand because it's time to yeah, stand. But yeah. I, you know I remember a time when it was there it was, was a time. only for it was usually only for opening night, and that was because your audience is your family. Oftentimes, yeah. So so that was. So yeah, I, I mean this this one was definitely warranted. This was a this was a full on standing ovation moment. But uh, I do think. Offhand, off topic, one more time that uh, that people are handing out standing O's more and more that are just like, oh, okay, I guess this is what you do at the end of the show. You don't just applaud; you have to stand up and applaud. Right, it's lost its meaning. So, but this is definitely worth it. This was worth it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, this was so worth it. Jack really does do a fantastic job. And And again, I will, I will say that yes, everyone did a great job, but actual actors. Like in the television, I thought Mark McKinney did a really, really good job. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think he did a little bit better than uh, I don't know what Jack's uh, Luke Kirby is that Luke his Kirby. name? Yes. Yeah. Luke Kirby did a very good job too, and he had a lot on his shoulders to pull that off. And I think that he did a good, believable job of pulling it off. Right. I agree with that. But, but I, McKinney's, I was... McKinney's performance was subtle enough that it really felt real to me. Mm-hmm. That's the subtle is the right word there because he. He's, you know, he's not, you know, acting. He's, he's right. the only one not acting, and it, it, it really stands out because he's, you know, he's, he's uh, acting as a normal person reacting to something. It, it's really, it's really awesome. He did it. And you're right, job. and it is all reaction. So that might, I don't know if that's easier or harder. Oh, it's hard. Oh, much harder. Is it really oh, harder? Hard, okay. Hard, hard. Especially, I've never acted beyond high school, so I don't really know the. And it's especially hard. To, I mean, it's, it's a little easier even if you're in a if you're in a dialogue setting where you're at least. You know, you, basically, if, you, if you're doing well, uh, if, you, if you're being a good actor and you're performing with someone in a dialogue situation, they're saying something, you're reacting to what they're saying, not just remembering your next line. And that's, right. where, that's where you're doing, where, where you're performing really strongly. But it's a lot harder when you're not working with the dialogue, too, and you're just, you're just supposed to react. Yeah, because, you know, they weren't really putting the play on in front of him when he was do, filming those scenes. He was just reacting, which can, which, you, can you imagine being able to do that just right with the right nuance? That's going to be hard. Oh, no, totally. And and it's very obvious if you ever watch anything with extras in the background that are reacting horribly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 
trying to think of a good example. I can't think of a good example. I could, I could see it in my mind's eye. I've seen it a thousand yes. and one times. So. Yeah, I can think of. I can. I can think of a classic example that isn't quite. That doesn't fit our point exactly, but it shows extras behaving bad, uh, behaving poorly. <laughs> behaving badly. Uh, <laughs> yes, which I is, saw that video. Which is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I see. Well, there's that whole show called Extras, right? But okay. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's a, there's a classic example of of extras that are that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing in uh, North by Northwest. There's oh, a yeah. scene in a cafeteria where someone is shot at, and there's <laughs> a small boy in the corner of the screen on on camera in the scene that before anything happens covers his ears. Oh man. <laughs> It seems like that kind of stuff is right. like sticks with you, and like especially if it's something that you're pointing out for the first time, that's awesome. Yeah, I was in a uh, a very small film in in um, Louisville. I was an extra, and it was like the first time. It was before I went to film school. It was the first time I've ever done anything film related remotely. And they had a a reaction shot of one of the main actresses that was sitting right next to me, and the the camera dollied into us. And I know for a fact that I could not help myself but to look over at it. Yeah. And then it, when I saw the final result, none of that shit is in there. Probably because I kept looking at the camera. Ah, extras are the worst. It's well, it's, it's hard because you know they're not a lot of people who who you know get the gig aren't real experienced and. Oh yeah, well was, it's free act. It's free bodies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was I was I was credited but did not appear in Planetfall Car School Films production of Planetfall here in town. You- I'm sorry, Five and Two's production of what? <laughs> no, this is this is Car School Films. <laughs> this is not a Five and Two film. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you will hear, uh, you know, just to, as an aside, you will hear at some point uh, Ramjack talking about their first Car School Films production called Go to Hell, and that's coming up sometime when birthday picks are addressed. Interesting. <laughs> Are you? Is that the one that you're in? No, I'm not in. I, I think Darcy and I are that both. Have, that should have been your birthday pick, Paul. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Darcy, Darcy and I were both thanked for uh, our participation in Go to Hell, which was basically I made the end credits and Darcy brought pizza. Oh, nice. Yeah, I did. I forgot <laughs> about that. Yay me, pizza, Zaw. Zaw. <laughs> uh, so back to. The world of the show. Yes. Uh, there's oh. the uh, the standing ovation, and then um, um, Jack comes off stage, and Jeffrey says they're not done with you, and pushes him back, and that's when Richard talks to him about how awesome this experience was, and Jeffrey admits to him that critics will slaughter us. Have you? Have you? Can you recall a uh, production where? Where it was uh, very important to me and it was slaughtered. Do you recall that one? I don't, actually. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I'm not asking you. I'm asking <laughs> the guy next to me. Do you remember at all? No. You know, it still hurts. Did you know that? Okay. It was, it was for, my, uh, was for my, my thesis at UNL. Okay, yeah. Ah, they totally, they ripped us. They ripped us from end to end. Me too. Including the us, costuming including and everything. Including the costuming, everything. Wow. Yeah. It, I mean, I have to be honest. It, it was probably... I wouldn't say it's the worst show that I worked on there. Or, no, uh, what, it was bad. And what was the what was the? Uh, do you play? think the criticism was warranted? I do. It was horrible. Oh, okay, all right. It was it was the imaginary invalid, and they brought a guy in. I'm not going to mention his name. Brought him in Darren from. Nichols. They Darren did. Nichols. They brought in Darren Nichols, but he brought him in from New York, and he had been a former uh, graduate. And I don't know how long it had been since he had worked in theater, but 
it was clearly uh, he was doing it for the paycheck and really didn't care about it, and he butchered it, and it was it was horrible. Mm. Well, I mean, it, it and it's it, it it is also I mean that that play itself uh, it's UNESCO, right? Uh, no, Moliere. Moliere, okay, yeah, Moliere, but it's still it's still absurdist to, to some to extent. Some, no, okay. I wouldn't go. It, what that's the thing is he is he took it there, but it wasn't. Yeah, you know, it, it's 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 restoration. It's not. Yeah. Okay. It's fluffy. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be fun. Don't make it into. He, the problem is he like tried to make it into um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and it, it's it it's just not. It you didn't know? need that level of camp. It didn't. And Re- restoration level camp. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it just it totally together. didn't work. You don't say that most, much. No, you don't. But it was horrible. And but still, you know, after after you get that that review, you 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 still feel that for a long time. I'm, I'm talking like how many years now? It's been a while. You never really. Uh, I probably haven't even talked to you about it, have I? No. No, I, this repressed. Just, just holding coming, it in there. Coming out right now. Here we are. Um. So back at the stage. <laughs> Darcy. So Darcy, push it back down. Push it back <laughs> down. Tear it down. Emotions. Just shove them down there. That's right. I'm all done. Don't have time for this right now. You swallow your emotions. Down. Don't eat. Don't eat your emotions, but swallow them. Okay, got it. I'm all, all right. over it. Okay. Shut up, Darcy. <laughs> um, we we get a nice little reveal that's just services a, a services a plot thread, but from earlier in revealing that Terry from accounting was in Hamlet in a non-speaking yeah. role. I really like that little nod. I really, and I know that's the third creator, and that's him getting some more screen time. Sure. But I really liked that character when he showed up in like episode three or whatever. So I, I was really yeah. glad to see him at the season finale. I hope to see him again. Oh yeah, totally. I am right there with you. Paul, Paul is shrugging at me. I want to see me. Terry, and I want to see Basil more. I also want to see um, what's the guy's name? Nuim, Nuim, Nuim. Naum. I want oh, to see yeah, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I could totally, because he's, yeah. I'd, I'd like to listen to that voice a little bit more. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then in the dressing rooms, Jeffrey and Ellen, uh, just talk, talk about the show and talk about, uh, talk about Kate and her performance and then uh, talk about the next season and what might happen. And Jeffrey seems to think that he might be able to put her as Cleopatra sometime soon. I can't tell if he means that next season or if he means eventually. I think that he... He meant next season. I think he meant next season. I think that'll be season two. Oh, could be. Could be. Um, I don't really know that play either. Um, but, um, well, anyways. Yeah. I mean, I was actually... Uh, the I most was... I know is Elizabeth whatever. Yeah. And uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey asks... Uh, Ellen to meet him in the morning and uh, wear something black. He doesn't really say what for. No. At the spot. At the spot. The spot. <laughs> um, then it. Uh, then then we shift to the next morning right away. We don't we don't get any scenes at the bar. Where they're they're working on wrapping up the show here. Uh, uh, Holly and Richard prepare for the board meeting, but then Richard gets a backbone, Grows pushes snack. her out, tells her out, tells her off, and locks her out of his office. That was awesome. <laughs> I had the biggest smirk and grin on my face when Richard did that. When Richard locks himself in the office and refuses to participate in the presentation of the model to the board. Yay! Yay, Richard. Notice that he sees the light and decides that he's not going to support that plan and with the model and all that after he's seen what really good theater is. Right. So yes, I mean at the, at the beginning of the episode, Ham- Hamlet had yes. I was going to say at the beginning of the episode he was he was questioning really things. things. Yes, it has changed things. Uh, the uh, 
at the beginning of the episode, he's, he's really kind of questioning what's going on, and he's, he's troubled. But uh, she brings him back into, into her uh, frame until, until he's forced to be away from her and, and actually see the show for what it is. Mm-hmm. And gets to see it from the perspective of the actors. As we talked about earlier, he gets to be backstage and not just sitting in the audience. Gets much closer to the performance than most people do. True. Correct. He w- he wouldn't have been allowed back there. I don't think most places. So. So uh, then we get the, uh, the 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 final scene of the episode. Ellen and Jeffrey meet at the bridge by the river, and they are going to send Oliver's ashes into the river as he requested. Um, Ellen kind of pro- protests or thinks this is really a good idea, but uh, Jeffrey launches directly into a quote from Act 5, Scene 7 of uh, King John. Um, and it is... You're looking. Oh, You're oh, it is Prince Henry. Yes. Prince Henry, who says, uh, I am the signet to this pale swan who chants a doleful hymn to his own death, and from the organ pipe of frailty sings his soul and body to their lasting rest. That's okay. The quote. <laughs> That is the quote. I, I, I think Jeffrey did it far better than I, but uh, that, that is the quote from King John. And uh, they consign his ashes to the river, and the swans uh, eat, him. eat him up. Eat his corpse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we all thought the same thing. Yeah, it was kind of funny in a kind of morbid and disturbing way. Yeah, ashes to ashes, duck food to duck food. I don't know. Call it what you want. So that is the uh, first season concluded. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really... That last scene just... Sorry. That last scene just made me go, aww. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Darcy. Well, I, I don't know what I was going to say. It's crazy. All right. Okay. <laughs> never mind then. No, it's all right. Um, yeah, no, I, I was pausing again. I, I, I never I never rated or came up with the rating Oh, scale. my God, the rating system. <laughs> what? Dun, da, da, da. I'll, I'll come up with it. I'm, I'm come almost up with it there. on the fly? Yeah, okay, right. I got it. All right. Um, somebody doesn't steal it first. <laughs> Thinking of my second one. No, I've only got one. Well, no, I got a couple, so. Um, so let's see. Uh, we, uh, we, would feedback? Have feedback. we would have feedback here. I, I don't have any feedback. No, wait, that's a lie. Uh, hey guys, there's a there, there's there's feedback here, but you're not going to say anything to me because hey, I'm adding this in later. I bet you couldn't have guessed. All right, we've got feedback from Superfan Heidi. Heidi says, "Hey guys, well we made it to the finale. I love the Swan Boat. We get some great character background on Ellen and Jeffrey. Ellen trying to commit suicide was one of the funniest things ever." I had firmly come down on the side of hating Richard at this point. I knew there would be trouble when he talked to Jack in the last episode. I'm glad Kate was able to talk some sense into him. Look out for those men wearing ties. Jeffrey gives Jack some good advice, too. I loved everyone giving Richard the cold shoulder. I really liked that we got to see so much of the play. That was great. And Richard finally getting it and sending Holly packing. Awesome. Poor swans have to inhale Oliver Dust. I'm a little sad if this means Oliver's ghost or whatever will be gone next season. Really enjoying the show and your podcast, Heidi. Yay, Heidi, thank you. I'm sure everyone else would say, yay, Heidi, thank you, but they're not here right now. So, uh, back to the show. All right. So, quotes? So, yeah, we're on to yeah, quotes. we're on to quotes. I, you know what? I couldn't believe how many quotes I could, uh, that, that this, this, this show seemed to be just kind of full of some, a lot of good one-liners, I felt, so... I, I have a lot of them, so you guys go first. Yeah. I, I have two of them, but uh, since you, you have a lot, then I want to claim one you of go them, for which it. is yes, probably absolutely. on everyone's list. 
And that would be, and fuck me blue, we're done. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Which uh, is awesome, and it's very, um, <laughs> what's, uh, full of imagery. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it's colorful. Very, oh, it is literally colorful. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the, um, what that character's name is, or what her Maria. She's stage manager. Maria is a stage, stage manager. manager okay. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so. yeah, the role of the stage manager, as much as it sounds like you got to be on stage during the show, it's 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 actually to be up in the booth, and basically you're you're calling all the shots. You're calling the light cues. You're calling sound cues. You only ever hear her calling light cues, which are LX. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, she's the director, technical director, as we call yeah, it. Yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're on the switcher right. on television, you'd be the right. technical director. Right. Um, but actually, well, technical director takes cues from the director, and it's the person who actually punches it up. But right. like, the technical director would have been who she was calling Alex. Yes, yeah. I suppose but so. Anyways, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, no, I really like her, and I want to bring up, there was a stage manager at um, Jeffrey's old independent theater in episode one. Yeah, you're right. And I remember saying, I wonder what's going to happen to her. She disappeared. We're still she wondering. disappeared. That's what happened to her. <laughs> We're still wondering, yeah. Anyone that was ever a part of that little independent theater is now unemployed. Uh, maybe moved away from New Burbage. I don't know. Oh, that we was in Toronto. Yeah, that, oh, that was the, it Toronto. That, yeah, the small theater was in Toronto. They, they, uh, he moved out to New Burbage to, to assume that position. I um, really, yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. actually shines new light on the entire season for me. Then, yeah, he moved from Toronto to be the uh, the artistic director at New Burbage. Right. Oh, man, I totally missed that then. Oh. And um, I also wanted to point out that, uh, that, he, that she wasn't calling him Alex. That was actually LX129 as the lighting cue, yeah. where, where basically you'd have LX and then you'd have um, possibly FX or SX FX, for sound. SX is usually sound. Sound cue. So, yeah, I mean, you got a, you got a soundboard and people are playing sound cues and that'll be SX and then, um, or um, SFX. Or M- MX would be media. It, yeah. it depends. Yeah. I'm still going to call it person Alex. Okay, I like okay, that. That's good. Male and Go female. That's right, the light, Alex. The, the lightboard operator is called Alex. It makes always, it easier. Always. <laughs> you can't. You can't have the job. Your name is not Alex. I'm so yep, sorry. Yep. You're fired. Alex or Alexandra. Those yep. are the only two. Or Alexis. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Amy, did you have a quote you wanted to do next? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, I did. My first choice for this one was: Well, forget about perfection. There's nothing more boring than perfection. Imprecision, fear, this is what gets them to their feet. Jeffrey says this when he's giving when he's talking to Jack right before they open. And and he's right. Mm-hmm. That is the important di- difference, you might even say the most important difference between stage and screen acting. There are no extra takes, the emotion's more immediate, so you can't worry about getting it perfect because you don't get the second chance to do it. I mean you have other performances, but it's right then and right now. Right, and that's one of the appeals, at least to me, for theater. Pretty cool moment. Is the immediacy of it. Yeah, you're you're in that moment, Mm -hmm. and and as as, either as an actor or as an as attendee, a viewer of the theater, you're in that moment, and you and that actor and everybody in the audience with you are sharing that moment, and that moment isn't going to happen again in that way ever again. It's it's a very very intimate thing. Right, and that I will Mm -hmm. fully admit uh, makes theater more i don't alive is is what i'm thinking of but yeah. more visceral i guess yeah intense, than, intense. than film can be right. it depends but on on the whole 
I would say the stuff that I've seen on stage has been way more visceral than right. some of the stuff that I've seen in a, in a movie theater. Yeah, I mean, there's there are movies that will give you you know the goosebumps on the back of your neck, but I have to be honest that I've had that experience more often in a theater than I have watching a movie, and I've watched way more movies than I have actually shows. So right, and there's a lot of a lot of that has to do with um, accessibility, I would say. But yeah, true. Uh, let's see. Uh, did you want one next? Uh, do I get to go next? You can go next. Okay, I, I have to do my favorite one. Okay. Are you a man or are you just a little puppy dog who does tricks for cookie treats? Now take off your pants. <laughs> yeah, it's an it's a amalgam of a couple of quotes, oh, but yeah, you got That's kind of like the are you in control slap. Are you in control? <laughs> yes. So at any rate. Um, let's see. Oh, I, I want, The one that I was particularly fond of was uh, they were leaning leaning uh, in, in the mind's eye over the grave, and Ellen says to him, you didn't come out for seven years. Yeah. Not, not funny, but it was really... really <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it makes sense. And I, I also mm-hmm. liked, uh, I wanted to throttle the swan. It yeah, seemed that was, sensible that was at the time. second quote. There, <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. I, I wrote that down because, A, made no sense to me. <laughs> B, I don't know what throttle means. Like in a other than like throttling a car. Oh, no, it's uh, choking. Choking. Yeah, I figured choking. Oh, yeah. Um, and C, I still have no idea what swans have to do with this episode at all. And that's it. Yep. Any other ones? Uh, one. Go for it. Um, you're talking to me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in response to that, one wonders if in the same how some uh Jeffrey must have known somehow that. Uh, Jeffrey wanted his ashes scattered in the river. He probably it was either Jeffrey's or Oliver's idea to read that passage from King John. So I guess that's the only thing that. Yeah, I don't know what swans have to do with the opening night of Hamlet, but apparently either Jeffrey or Oliver chose that passage about swans right. for his. Uh, uh, and, and that really is so the only speak. connection that that I can possibly find. Yeah, that was the direct. That was the only direct reference to swans. That was, I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's indirect. They were in swan boats and things like that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another quote I liked. Uh, what was it? Well, how could I? Oh, well, how could I come in? I had a knife in my hand. <laughs> it totally makes total sense, you know. I like that. And then the other one I had oh, was you got a lot, huh? I did. I had a lot of quotes out sure. of this. Is one. the other one? Uh, I met you on a bus. <laughs> no, it wasn't because that totally made no sense to me. I'm like, ah, pff, throw that away. At any rate, um, I like to be careful. If a farmer names his pigs, it makes the slaughter very difficult. Oh. Yeah, that was Naomi. Yeah, Naomi. I like that. Like I said, I would like to see more of him. I really like his voice. Mm-hmm. And then there was, I mean, I don't know the exact quote, but uh, um, something about fate and our, and our prince. Yeah. I don't remember that one. I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. But he basically says, he, he says exactly what's going on in that scene. Everybody everybody really kind of knows right. that scene pretty well, that he's, he's, he's there trying to decide if he's going to kill the king, and the king is praying, so he can't, he can't kill the king while the king is praying. Right. Or he'll send him to heaven instead of to hell. Right. And then it's revealed that the king didn't really mean it when he was praying. Yeah. It's, yeah, classic. He's, yeah, I, I really want that character to do more. I want to see more of him. Are we, uh, are we done with quotes? Mm, yeah, the, the one I have is pretty boring, so there you go. Well, there you go. I had a lot of quotes. It was crazy for me. That one, so. Yeah, this was a good episode for writing. 
Shell. Are we moving on to ratings? All right, we are ready to move to ratings next. Okay. Um, and uh, who wants to go first? I, I will. Okay. I'll volunteer. I hope this isn't someone anyone else had, but 8 out of 10 blow-up scream dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job. Well, that's very interesting because mine, Amy... Is eight out of ten yeah. promises to old men. Aww. <laughs> and you know, Aww. old men promises blow up dolls. Eights. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Excellent. Sure. Excellent. And then I, I had, uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm on the same eight out of ten uh, swan boats. I like swan boats. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was going with a nine out of ten. Um, after eight minutes, clutched between skull teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you have nine skulls as well, or did you put all nine of those mints in one skull? It's nine mints in one mouth. <laughs> okay. He's only, <laughs> be specific. Really, Paul only has one skull. You know, he doesn't even ah. have a skull, do you? Uh, a skull? No. No, I don't have, I have... I have the heart of a young boy, but it's in a jar in the closet. Shh. <laughs> oh, boy. Gross. I thought that was your Weeblo badge. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so that was uh, season one. Blow up. Oh. Hello? Hello? Yes. Yep. Are okay. you still there? That was no, I'm still one. here. I, I, I had to add further. Hello? Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, I'm still here. For the record, those blow up scream dolls really exist. Oh, yeah. I, I know this because my god my godparents that have had one in their house for pretty much as long as we've known each other, which is most of my life. So oh. that's. When if I you saw go that, to I went, the, uh, those things are real. Oh, yeah. If you go to the Art Institute of Chicago, they sell them in the gift shop. Excellent. <laughs> Not well, excellent. Wasn't that, isn't that kind of a relation to, to uh, May and Holly, their little thing we talked about way early on in the season? Holly's job. Oh, the, yeah. Holly's, our, job, Holly's at, job at an art museum, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not that, not that painting, but... But is, well, wasn't it that artist? No. That okay. No, Munch is Edward Munch. Oh, Edmund you're right. Munch Never mind. Super Munch, yes. I was confused. Yes. Um, so basically, I, my, my rating, I, I think uh, a lot of the time I've seen, you know, movies where they're sh- where they're, where they're uh, they're doing a movie in the movie, or TV shows where they're where they're talking about a TV show that they're producing, or a play or, within or a play, a play, yeah. play within a play, that sort of thing. This 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 show inside this show really felt real, like it was an yeah. actual play that yeah. was happening, and yeah. it's it's rare yeah. for me. Yeah, the play, the pacing was awesome. I mean, as, a lot of the time it comes down to budget and things like that for a for a. Uh, for a full-on like a TV show inside of a TV show, you just don't have the budget to dedicate to making it look like a real TV show, that sort of thing. But right. it, it really, that this this doesn't have to be that way because already they were stripping it down to just the basics to begin with as part of the plot. But this this show within a show felt like an actual show that was going on, and that's yeah, one of the no, I agree with that. Me. That's and that's a good assessment as to uh, why you awarded nine. It was good. I liked it. it- it occurred to me they didn't show the mousetrap scene, but if they had, there would have been three layers of show within a show within a show. You're yes. right. But they would have they didn't. It. That would have been a funny up. Exactly. That's yeah. what I was getting at. <laughs> but they didn't show that. It wasn't important to the story of the TV show, so they left that scene out. Right. But yes, that was. I loved this. This was a great uh, series. Uh, I mean, great season finale. The single most important point of tension or question from the beginning of the season was resolved beautifully. Namely, what hap- What will happen to the production of Hamlet without Oliver around to direct it? Will the production come off well? And yeah, it did, and it was awesome. 
but there's still plenty of story left to tell, and I am so looking forward to seeing the other two seasons. Agreed. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, does anybody have anything else to say about this season in general? I have something to say, not so much about the season. I'm just wondering, uh, the play Hamlet, how do you all feel to the two movies that were made, or the two movies that I've seen, the one with Mel Gibson and the one with Ethan Hawke? Have you seen them? Do you, I, uh... I haven't seen The Hawk, so I it's, don't... It's really bad. Okay. It's really bad. And if they modernize it. It's not a, um, Boz... Boz Whatever. Boz Lerman. Yeah. Yeah. It's not one Julia. of those. But they modernize it. Um, they speak in current English. It, it it's all about a corporation as the kingdom. It's really bad. But I I haven't seen the Mel Gibson one since I was like thirteen. But I really remember liking it, and now I want to go back and actually revisit it. Would you all recommend another version of Hamlet uh, in a cinematic form? I have only seen I have only seen some of it. Um, but the uh, there is a uh, on on iTunes you can get it. I don't know where else. There is a production of Hamlet by Royal Shakespeare Company. That they have performed as as a full um, filmed production oh, with, and that's the one that has David Tennant from Doctor Who oh. as Hamlet and uh, Patrick Stewart my. as Claudius. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. oh I, that's my like a god! Yes, it is. Yes, it <laughs> this, is. <laughs> this is this is the one that that um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Doctor Who seasons, but the the season where Tennant was only in some mini movies, he was performing as Hamlet uh, for the majority of his time, and he uh, he injured him. Himself. So that that run was cut short as that well. Since then, because yeah, there was like a season where it was like three or four hour and a half long movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, this was after Jesus Doctor, I believe. I don't know if you you know what I'm talking about, but there's yeah. like at one of the season finales of one of the David Tennant seasons, like it's the one with the master, and when he right. gets turned into that shriveled old man, but yeah. like he has to sacrifice himself for all of mankind. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 which okay. really made my eyes roll. But whatever. I mean, I, that's uh, a lot of personal baggage on myself that I'm inflicting on that, but ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, so I, def- I definitely, like I said, I haven't seen the full production, but I've heard very good things, and I and I have it, and I've watched bits of it. I've been all right, well, I have another question. Are all, all three of you guys Doctor Who fans? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, a little bit. A little bit. All right, well, have you seen, most, I've, I've seen. only seen the most 2005 on. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite Doctor out of those three? Or four? Didn't they just name a new one? Yeah, yeah. We we got the new one. They that did. yeah, the new one's the guy that was the uh, the home office uh, minister in uh, in Torchwood Children of Earth. Yeah. Mm. But I I'd have to say David Tennant's my favorite all around yeah. all time. That's that's my personal. Amy, I, I'm leaning in that direction just because I kind of think he's cute. But I, I'm embarrassed to admit I haven't actually watched. The only episodes I've actually watched have been Matt's, Matt Smith episodes. Right. Matt Smith's pretty good, too. He's good, but he's not my fave. Yeah. He's he's kooky. Yeah. I, and I like kooky, but... Yeah, I, 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 I'm leading Matt Smith, but that's probably mostly because it's the most fresh in my mind, mind right now. Right. I am a giant fan of Christopher Edderstein. Like, okay. I don't know why, but I really like him as the Doctor. Yeah. And... Uh, I, it may be the um, "Are You My Mother?" episode was the first time that I yes. was, I decided. Okay, now I, I'm Bring kind of into Doctor Who, yeah. and it's also the first time we meet uh, Captain Jack. 
You're right. You're yeah. right. I yeah. love. I did love. I remember when he he regenerated into David. At first, with the David Tennant, I was like, "Oh my god, this is never. This is ruined. It's. Yeah. I'm never gonna like it again. This is all over for me. I'm still gonna watch it because I have to. But yeah, I didn't think I would. Well, I'm also. And this is also kind of going against the grain. I'm a big Rose Tyler fan of the Companion. And they had a lot. I mean, that was his whole, his only companion, I think, was her. Because yeah, uh, that span into David Tennant. And I think, like, when she went to that alternate universe, not to spoil spoilers. Uh, anyways, Doctor Who is not uh, Slims and Arrows, so we can probably stop talking. But we do like Sure, it. sure. Um, <laughs> we digress. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, tangible. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Uh, so, would you are, are, is, are we ready to wrap up and call and tell you what to watch for next uh, next time? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I think we are. Your assignment for next time is the episode one of season two, seasoned end, season's end. Mm. Now, did it? When did the, when was the air date on this, Paul? Because I no. noticed that the air date on the one we watched for this episode was December eighth, two thousand three. Yes, there is a significant gap. This uh, they th- this first season was produced to be everything. You know, You're, you, oh. when you, when you got to the end of this season, there was not. It's it's it wasn't like American television where you know you have a second season pickup. Right. They didn't have a pickup. They had nothing. There was. You're right. And there's no real cliffhanger at the end of this episode. No. Yeah. No. This this, this ends if the if this was going to be the end of the series, they were ready for this to be the end. Right. Um. And they eventually, uh, I believe it was. I'm I'm not sure exactly the timeline, but I believe it was. After Showtime in the U.S. or was it Showtime or no IFC in the U.S. showed it that they um, that they co-produced seasons two and three between IFC and uh, and well, this must um, have been the infancy of IFC then if it's like oh four oh five yeah it was oh five so. yeah so oh there's a two year gap almost the air date for the uh, premiere of season two is J- June twenty seventh of two thousand five all right so a year and a half yes crazy all right so. Um, our next episode is season two, episode one. And it's called Season's End. And as of this moment right now, we're still stuck to no Netflix instant watch. It's looking that way as far as I can tell. I haven't actually checked lately, but... Uh... I, I haven't either, but I imagine... I only bought season one, so I imagine I'm going to have to buy season two, which is no problem for me, but I'm just... Listeners will have to get DVDs or if they have an Amazon Prime account, yes. get it that way. That is true. Yep. Netflix. Jeez. Well, it sucks that they... I mean, that was a really hard hit for them, I think. They lost a lot of copyright. Yeah, they, yeah, did. they, did. they did. I was at a, I was at a conference recently, actually, and there were people from Netflix there. They used the same kind of software that we use. They were super nice guys. Good. Cool. I'm a fan of them. Nice. Netflix, if you're listening, I would love to work for you. And okay, I would love so, to go to California. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> sorry. sorry I didn't, want, didn't want to interrupt your plea for work. Uh, um, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Uh, so, does anybody have any wild predictions for what what the what might be happening going forward? I mean, obviously, they seal things up nicely on a lot of uh, points during this season, as they as I said, they were planning on it being this season, as far as they knew. Any have anybody have any predictions going forward? What we might see in like season what the two? Season is going to be. Or? What we, well, yeah, what we might see going forward. I have one. I think uh, since I didn't understand or I didn't know that this was probably going to be the end and they weren't expecting it to continue, and they wrapped up Oliver that way, I think that he's still going to reappear in this next season. I don't think that he's completely gone. I don't think that he has moved on, as they say, in Supernatural. Okay. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. It's a thought. It is a thought. It's an interesting thought. I really look forward to seeing that. And my reaction, my hmm reaction to the episode title 
makes me think that the next season, well, the next season of the TV show will start at the end of the play festival, the theater festival season. Right. Which is interesting. Hmm. Uh, so I'm looking I've, forward to seeing what happens there. I've I've heard people say that they uh, that they don't expect. I've, I can't remember if it was you, Darcy, or you, Ben, but or maybe just agreeing with each other that uh, Sloane may not uh, may not reappear and may not be long for the uh, series. God anybody damn it, else that's anybody else that's coming back? Oh, okay. I thought you were just going to confirm that he is for sure coming. Um, I don't know. Do you all think that Rose McAdams is going to be back? It's 2005 by the next time that they've they're. Uh, the next season, right? Yeah, uh, I don't think And so. The Notebook has come out, and she has suddenly become an A-list celebrity. Right. She may not come back. I don't think she will, and I don't think that the... That, uh, what's Jack, his name? Luke Kirby? I don't think he'll be there either, because... Well, she's not there, but he's... No offense to Luke Kirby, but I'd never ever heard of him before this, so... Yeah. No, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that, you know, the, the, the way the plot went, he was here for this show, this was his gig, and and then he had something else coming up, so I don't predict yeah. he'll be around. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure where else Luke Kirby has been seen. I know that uh, that our fan Stephanie, when we were starting out, had said that that she thought Luke Kirby was really cool and, and cute and whatnot. So she obviously knew who Luke Kirby was uh, aside from this show. Right. Mm. So I can say that much. I I won't say anything about any of these predictions. Obviously. No. What about May? I think May. You know, if she doesn't, if she doesn't pull out of this coma. She could be our next Oliver. Mm, no. no. To be honest, right. I I could do with or without May. I don't oh. really care about that character. Or the I hate to be like that, but you know. That's all right. I don't have any emotional connection to her. Like, if she comes back, great. If she doesn't, great. I mean, if How she do you feel about your mother, mother Ben? Little... I love my mother. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I definitely do not see my mother in May. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, I look at her as a kind of heroic, and I'm predicting that she. I'm sort of predicting that she will show up at in a boardroom or maybe even in a rehearsal suddenly. Okay, or when people least expect it, perhaps and that would, I, because that would make for some really good drama. So I'm I'm predicting that right now. So has Jeffrey worked out all his demons? Is he uh, going to be a more level-headed character in the future? Well, he can't be. That doesn't. Make, yeah, I mean that. That they doesn't make it show. Driver, yeah. True. Okay. How about Richard? Where is he going forward from this point? I don't think that Holly has gone away because she still is in charge of that corporation. So no. she'll definitely she'll definitely be the nemesis of. Well, not definitely. My prediction is that she will be the nemesis of the next season. Yeah. I think oh, Richard yeah. has joined the side of the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but now but he he's has. still he's still the go between though. So right. that's added conflict to him. Yeah, Holly's his hemorrhoid. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. The next season's going to be all about uh, conflict between Holly and everyone else, about right. the direction things are going in. Uh, that's also going to be interesting. Yeah. She doesn't have her puppet anymore. Mm. That's right. She, she does not have her Grover or her Elmo. Or I her know. <laughs> what are you going to do? Let's just hope he didn't get lice. All right. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I don't know if I have any other leading questions to ask, so uh, this may be the time to uh, to sign out for the uh, for the evening. Yeah, it's also getting on, and you got to go to work. That's true. Mm-hmm. So I will give our contact information. 
If you would like to send feedback for the show, you can email us at theghostlightpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook under Ghostlight Podcast. I believe you can go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash ghostlightpodcast. HTPP? Uh, perhaps. HTPP slash slash. Slash slash. Not backslash. Double slash. Two slashes. There's no such thing as a backslash. <laughs> a forward, no, it's not such thing as a forward slash. That's uh, right. Yeah. It's a backslash. Okay. <laughs> Yay, the typography. Uh, on Twitter, uh, we are at Ghostlight PC. And our website that you can find our show and many other good shows is www.quadruplez.com. We have a voicemail line, which is 206-309-9389. We love to hear voicemails during our feedback segment. We did not happen to hear one this time. Oh, no. Our theme music is Or Hamlet by the Brobdingnagian Bards, and that is used by uh, permission and suggestion from one of the bards themselves, Mark Gunn. Yay, Mark. And with that, uh, I believe I'm ready to say that I have been and will continue to be Paul Mackey. Uh, Darcy Zepernick. I'm Amy Bowen. And fuck me blue, we're done. I'm Ben. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Good night. Was this king sitting in his garden all alone when his brother in his ear put a wee bit of in vain? He stole his brother's crown and his money and his widow, but the dead king walked and got his son and said, "Hey, listen, kiddo." He looks. I hear, I hear the train! Yay! Yeah. I thought I heard some background noise. <laughs> Something. Something. Hello. Hello. Yes. Can you hear us? In. Yep. Here comes the train. Oh, there oh, it is. There it is. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Not that awesome. In. Well, we're back. that's all right. Means There's there. nothing I could do about that. It means you're there. That's what we were looking for. Sweet. I've been killed, and it's your duty then to take revenge on Claudius. Kill him quick and clean. Show the nation what a fraud he is. The boy says, right, I'll do it. I'll have to play it crafty so no one will suspect me. I'll get on me. I'm adapting. And uh, we ended up not eating until almost seven, and then just sort of devolved from there. Yeah, because hmm. of a cranky girl. Yeah, the cranky girl didn't know. She, she is going to show up. You know, yeah, no, no, not me. I'm all good. I got vodka, you know. Oh, yeah, Mommy juice. Did I have a drink? No, you don't have a drink. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pop. <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay, Okay. Good. Sorry. No problem. He had to go get a drink, I bet. Hey, that's words with friends. That's not notes. Well, you know, it's what just came up here. <laughs> I don't. I don't even have a word I can play. Oh, there you go. Hey Fox, if you need to move back and forth, you can move back and forth all you want. Just no talking. Got it? Quiet voice. If you need anything, sign language. I can't. I can't. Fox, go ahead and talk. We're not recording yet. Oh, um, uh, I don't Great. know sign language. Doesn't okay, matter. Well, just go to bed. And you don't have to worry about it. Go do what we ask you to do. Don't forget to brush your teeth. Do your nibs. Remember to brush your teeth. Go. Try, to, try not to talk to us. Game on. All right. Okay. So I remember you, when my dad told me not to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe I'm not the best mother in the world. No, I'm just messing. I liked your Jeffrey impression, though. I'm hearing voices and I'm going mad. Uh-oh. Uh, getting, getting, going mad. Getting mad. Getting mad. Getting mad. Getting mad. Getting mad. All right. Ah. Uh-huh. Oh, there's right. always voices around here. Always, always. All right. Is that enough of that vodka in you? Mm-hmm.
Yeah, I keep working on it. Mm. <laughs> and with all except for ratio, cause he counts him as a friend. Hamlet, that's the boy, puts on his round the bend. But because he was not ready for obligatory killing, he tried to make the king think he was Tuppence Office. Uh, are we ready to for the next bit of recap? Oh. Iris? Uh, Iris. Darcy? Iris. Well, Iris? Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's where, where did that come from? <laughs> you there's nothing in that pop over there, is there? That's just pop. Okay. I have to work tonight. To clearly. All right. Gotta rise out of Polonius, treats poor Ophelia vile, told Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, Denmark's a bloody jail, and a troop of traveling actors like 784 arrived to do a special one-night gig in Elsinore. Hamlet, Hamlet, loved his mommy, Hamlet. Hamlet, acting barmy, Hamlet, Hamlet, hesitating, wonders if the ghosts are fake, and that is why he's waiting. Then Hamlet wrote a scene for the players to enact, while Horatio and he watched to see if Claudius cracked. The play was called The Mousetrap, not the one that's running now. And sure enough, the king walked out before the final bow. So Hamlet's got the proof that Claudius gave his dad the dose. The only problem being now, Claudius knows he knows. So while Hamlet tells his mother her new husband's not a fit one, Uncle Claude puts out a contract with the English king as hitman. And when Hamlet killed Polonius, the concealed corpus delecti was the king's excuse to send him for an English hempen necktie with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to make sure he got there. Hamlet jumped the boat and put the finger on that pair. Meanwhile, Laertes heard his dad had been stabbed through the artist. He came running back to Elsinore to sweet hotwood from Paris. And Ophelia, with her dad killed by the man she wished to marry, after saying it with flowers, she committed Harry Carey. Hamlet, Hamlet, Nemesin. Hamlet, Hamlet, learned his lesson. Hamlet, Hamlet, Yorick's crust. Convince him that men, good or bad, at last must come to dust. Then Laertes lost his goal and was demanding retribution. The king said, keep your head, I'll provide you a solution. He arranged a sword fight for the interested parties with a blunted sword for Hamlet and a sharpened sword for Laertes. To make things double sure, the old belt and braces line. He fixed a poison sword to and a poison cup of wine. The poison sword got Hamlet, but Laertes went and muffed it because he got stabbed himself and he confessed before he snuffed it. Then Hamlet's mommy drank the wine and as her face turned blue, Hamlet said, I think the king's a baddie through and through. Incestuous murder stabbing, he said to be precise. Made up for hesitating once by killing Claudius twice. Before he stabbed him with the sword and forced the wine between his lips, he cried, the rest is silence and cashed in all his chips. They fired a volley over him that shook the topmost rafter and fort and brass knee deep in veins of happily ever after. Hamlet, Hamlet, oh so gory, Hamlet, Hamlet, end of story, Hamlet, Hamlet, I'm away. <laughs>